welcome back to It's a Theater Thing and our special Fosse Verdon recaps. We're so glad you're with us again this week for episode five, and that one was called Where Am I Going? And as usual, I have Aaron Carl joining me on this podcast. Hey, Aaron. Well, hello there. Hey. So we're going to discuss the, the latest episode. This one was an interesting one. First of all, it was a bit longer than the others. 84 minutes. Yeah, they uh, they they broke the hour mark. I I don't know if the rest because we only have two, three more episodes three more. after mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if the others are going to be just as long. But yeah, Lynn was saying they just had to go into a little more detail on this episode. Well, there was a lot of detail here. It opens up where we see Bob in the psychiatric facility. And mm. Gwen and Nicole are visiting him. And that was kind of sad, wasn't it? It just kind of showed how rock bottom he was at that moment. Like he, again, the makeup artist did very, very well with the bags under the eye and the paleness. And he looked out of it. Yeah. He wasn't reacting. You know, Nicole gave him this beautiful picture and he just didn't react. He was, oh, okay. Yeah. It it was very sad, yeah. It was. So then we see a title card that says the Payne Whitney Psychiatric Clinic, 14 years left. And after that, we cut back to Gwen in her apartment, and she's on the phone. And, boy, she's ready to do Chicago. She's really pushing for this. Yeah, she is in full Gwen mode, uh, talking it up happy voice up and just up spirits everything is good everything is fine and then she gets off the call and you see the breakdown you see like okay i hope i did the right thing here yeah i think we're seeing a different gwen in this episode she's a bit more cunning she's a bit more manipulative i feel Mm -hmm. like she's not the nice girl I guess not that she was like you know like goody two shoes but I feel like she's got a little bit more of an edge to her than she did in other episodes yeah uh, she's showing the other side the business savvy the okay I have to put up this front in order to get what I want yes and she's definitely determined that she's going to get what she wants then we cut to basically a lobster race (laughs) and we see bob and neil and patty racing lobsters (laughs) that was so interesting just to see them all excited and everything and they were all super happy and then we see the title card that we are in southampton three months later seven weeks after joan's death Yes, that was really sad. So we know that they're there to kind of prop Neil up to give him a little bit of a break from the city and to be supportive of him because he's still grieving. And we see them prepping for basically a party. And this was kind of shocking to me. I had to like go back and re, you know, watch this part again. I was like, is Bob telling Nicole to put cigarettes out for the people? Like put them out in bowls for people to take and to mix them, the types of cigarettes up. And yep, that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, she, she's turning into the little cocktail waitress there. <laughs> um, 
I loved the, they had this little line when they were still on the deck after the lobster race where they teased Neil about how poor he was because he only had two shows on Broadway at the moment. Yes, yes. That was such a shame for him. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, then we see Annie and Nicole coming back into the, um, into the little, cabin as they call it sometimes uh throughout the episode the basically yes. the the mini mansion on the beach up right. in hampton right and right after they come in from the rain is when bob starts giving nicole her instructions and yes. you know it's kind of i mean you can laugh but also it's kind of heartbreaking because you're realizing this child did not have a normal childhood. I mean, she's exposed to all these things that a kid her age would not be exposed to. Oh, yeah. And th this episode just amplifies that. We'll, we'll obviously get into more details, but this is this is the Nicole needs help episode. Yes, yes. And we learn that at that point that Bob is going to be working on Lenny, which was a movie about Lenny Bruce. And those of you who are not familiar with Lenny Bruce, he was a very controversial comic back in, I believe, the early 60s. And if you've watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I hate to talk about a different show, but if you've watched it, he is represented on that show as a very interesting character. And he was known to do a lot of drugs and he used a lot of foul language, which back then was really not done. So, you know, Patty is kind of like, oh, why are you doing a movie about him? <laughs> He's got yeah, a bad yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. Do you really think this is going to be a successful project? Like, I know you're good, but. Right. And I have to say, I actually feel bad for Bob during this whole episode because I feel like this whole episode people are just basically telling him how he's going to fail at this project the, yeah they're it, it kind of goes above just them being friends and concerned for his well-being Mm -hmm. they're, they're almost trying to step in over that line and kind of, yeah, creative and control him a little in the creative sense. Yes. So what's really interesting is that Dustin Hoffman is slated to play Lenny. And the interesting part about this is Bob is having these fears that he... He's afraid that he's going to be the director that can't get a good performance out of Dustin Hoffman. And it really shows you what an insecure man he was. Right. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman is a, an amazing, talented actor and was extremely popular in this time frame that they were talking about him, getting him ready for the Lenny movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and for uh, Bob to be <laughs> concerned, I think there was a line where Patty said, look at him he doesn't even have an inch of film and he's already thinking it's going to be a failure mm -hmm. exactly so we also find out at this point that he is going to be shooting on location and Anne is a little surprised to hear this and we we also realize that at this point bob and Anne are a couple and she looks very surprised to hear that he's going to be shooting in New York as well as Florida. And then Gwen and Ron show up. Yay for awkward time. 
Yeah. The most the most awkward small talk as yeah, as they enter the room and Bob, you know, introduces himself and Ron has to remind him like, Yeah, I I beat you up a little bit ago. Like <laughs> Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Um and he he has no memory in the beginning. <laughs> like, yeah, he and, and and Bob in his defense just kinda says, Well, you know, I was in a funny farm before the you know after that incident so mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm you know kind of kind of asks for his forgiveness kind of tries to smooth it over very you know very progressive for that time that this couple that are separating and have found new people to be with are still connecting and still trying to be friendly yeah it's really interesting they have such an odd relationship uh, but it works for them. And, you know, as many of us know, who know their history, they never did divorce. So they're still married, but they're very open about their relationships. And to the point where Gwen, t- you know, and Bob discuss Anne and Gwen tells Bob she likes her. Yeah, yeah. He asks her opinion, you know, like, you know, what do you think? And she teases a little bit, but yeah, you can tell that Bob really wants Gwen's approval of this. It seems like Bob wants Gwen's approval for lots of things. Yeah, he very much, he kind of doesn't want to do anything if Gwen isn't going to be there with him. Yes. And then Gwen brings up Chicago. And Bob Hmm. is resistant to that because he's going to be working on Lenny and he just doesn't seem like he, he wants to do the project. Yeah, she says that they got the theater. So -hmm. they have the rights to Chicago and they got the 46th Street Theater, which is now the Richard Rogers. Yes. Which Lynn Manuel uh, tweeted about how (laughs) connected he is to the Richard Rogers now. That's (laughs) that he's had two shows in the Richard Rogers and now he's writing about Chicago in the Richard Rogers. Yes. Or the 46th. Yeah, when it was when it was Mm -hmm. so yeah that was a very interesting scene just to see how again passionate and forward and pressing Gwen was about Chicago oh yeah she was she had her agenda she was determined and then we cut to Anne and Patty and Anne is really concerned about Bob she conveys her worries to Patty and They talk about lots of things. They talk about Bob's untimely departure from the psychiatric facility. And they also talk about how Anne and Bob got together. Because if you remember from the last episode, she wasn't into him. I mean, she was just not going to play that game. He's running around with all these different dancers, and she was not going to be another notch on his belt. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I love that conversation. It just showed kind of how deeply Anne really was caring for Bob. Yes. I think she basically just fell in love with him because he talked to her. He wasn't trying to, I mean, yeah, when he first called her, you know, she explains that, you know, he calls her and says, hey, you want to meet for a drink, which is what she he does with all of the dancers. But then they never made it to that drink. They just talked and that's what won her over right that he was just interested in more than making her a notch on the belt she saw that he kind of cared for her too 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she really just kind of kept asking Patty, like, you have to help me because the doctor said he needs to take a year off of work. Yes. And Patty basically tells her, Bob's going to do what Bob wants to do. Yeah, that's yeah. I, and and that's true. And Patty, being the best friend, kind kind of knows like I'm not going to be able to convince him. Right. So the next scene I found pretty interesting. Bob is talking to Ron, who just seems like a good guy. Like he just seems like this nice, wholesome, good guy. And Bob is talking to him about what he's doing next and. He's telling Bob he's going to go out to California to do a TV show. And he's like, well, you know, Gwen hates L.A. And you really sort of see there's a little bit of jealousy going on there. Right. Kind of almost like Bob questioning, like, well, she never went to L.A. for me. Like, (laughs) why why is she hanging out in, in Los Angeles with you? Like, yeah, he's he's very concerned. Right. And then after that, we we realize or we see that Gwen has now learned that that Dustin Hoffman is going to do Lenny. And she's still very negative about the whole thing. And then we cut to Nicole. <laughs> and Sneaky first, little yeah. Nicole. Now, earlier we see her like sort of picking up a cigarette and walking off and then we see her in her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And she, and at first I'm thinking, is she just practicing or is she really going to smoke that cigarette? But she, and then she, yeah, yeah, she lights it up. Yes, yeah, she lights it up and takes off the filter, which is probably why she got sick. <laughs> that, yeah, that and probably is she sipped uh, Patty's beer. Yeah, she, she carried it in and asked like, oh, I'll pour it for you. And he kind of jokes like, oh, OK, just make sure, you know, you pour it right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and and then she kind of sneaks a little sip before handing it to her. So, and, and, and there are all these adults in the room. There yeah. are four adults just standing there talking and nobody looks down at the at the child drinking from the beer glass. Yeah, it's really sad to me. I mean, I feel like Nicole really fell through the cracks. And it was also a little surprising because after the conversation that Gwen had with Joan before Joan died, I thought that there was going to be a bit of a turnaround in regard to Nicole. But as usual, they're worried about work and Nicole is fending for herself. Exactly. She's just alone in a crowded room. Yes. So as Nicole is experimenting with the cigarette up in her room, the group is talking and both Gwen and Patty are being very negative about Lenny. And she's trying to convince Bob to do Chicago. And boy, this little piece of dialogue really hit me. And it it really is true even today, where she talks about how in Chicago, it's exploring the theme that the truth doesn't matter, whether it's in politics or in the news or just in daily life. It's it's showing that it's all about the flash and the glam. And basically what the way we would put it today is, you know, promoting yourself and branding yourself. And that's basically what Chicago is about. If you've ever seen the show, 
it's about a woman who kills her lover, but she puts on a show. <laughs> she basically puts on a show to save herself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gwen has that amazing line about like, if that's not torn from the front pages of the newspaper today, I don't know what is. Right. And boy, I felt like that conversation could be happening today in 2019. Yeah, completely agreed. And and that's why I think Chicago is still running on Broadway is it doesn't matter. It's a it's a timeless story. It is. And it's and also it's got great music and I hate to say it, sometimes the stunt casting doesn't hurt. <laughs> it, it is nice. It is nice to see the random superstar as Billy Flynn or Roxy. Yeah. Yes. So then Nicole walks into the room and basically throws up. <laughs> Poor girl. I know. Which puts an end to that conversation. <laughs> Focus is pulled, let's say, in theater terms. Yes. <laughs> and Gwen takes her upstairs to take care of her. And she admits to Gwen that she had been smoking. And you see her, you know, having this conversation with Nicole. And then afterwards, she's flashing back to thoughts of Joan. So at that point, I'm thinking, okay. This is what's going to make the impact on her. This is what's going to change things. She's realizing that she's not following the directions that Joan gave her before she died, which was take care of Nicole. But sadly, nothing really comes of it. Right. Yeah, they they just kind of proceed on. They uh, You don't see the resolution, mm-hmm. any particular strong changes. In fact, as the episode progresses, Gwen almost like doubles down on her push for Chicago. Oh, she definitely doubles down to the point where she has a conversation with Anne regarding Lenny, basically, you know, trying to get her on her side, like, okay, you don't, you don't agree with this. You don't think he should be working on Lenny either. And I have to tell you what I wrote in my notes. (laughs) In all caps, I wrote manipulative. (laughs) Yes, she is. She totally. I know the exact scene you're talking about. And she totally is playing Anne. I I have notes on that scene, too. And it's just like, yeah, you have to do this for Bob, but you'll get something, too. Yes. And Anne just wants Bob to rest. She's worried about his well-being. And Gwen tells her work is really the best thing for him. Right. Yes. Yeah. She, she again, being the Bob expert, everybody is kind of looking to her. Mm-hmm. And she is kind of maybe not putting Bob's best interest at heart right at this moment. Right. So then we cut to the guys having a very interesting conversation about their uh, first time. As our president would say, locker room talk. Uh, yes. We're, we're, let's, we won't go into that much. Yes. But. <laughs> yes. You don't know. You don't want to know what I think about that. <laughs> and anybody who's familiar with, Neil Simon's plays will recognize the story that he tells about his first time. But then we hear about Bob's first time, and I'm like, oh, like as soon as I heard the story, I was like, this explains so much. I mean, so much. Yes. He was 13 years old, and he's working in a burlesque, and two women 
take turns on him. Yeah, it's it basically he was assaulted at 13 years old. And that's really and, what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it comes down to that. Mm-hmm. And that's it, it was sexual assault. Yes. And and then what got me and what really hurt me was exactly what happens today happened to Bob in that scene. All the guys were like, "Ooh, why couldn't I be that lucky? Oh, what did what did you do to get, you know, to to have that fortune on mm-hmm. you?" And Bob has to leave. He's just like, I'm going to go freshen up the drinks or get some snacks. Like, you know, you can tell it kind of still rang on him. It still hurt him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, no doubt about it. It was just abuse. And now it explains a lot of his current behavior. So it's really, I mean... It's really sad that he went through that. And these days he would have gotten the help that he needed and maybe his life would have been a little different. But back then, like you said, the guys are just like saying, hey, good job. How cool is that? You know, right. Applauding. Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut to Bob and Gwen discussing Chicago once again. I'll have to admit, I don't know about you, I was getting kind of tired of hearing about Chicago. (laughs) But like, by the time we get to this point in the show, I know she wants to do it. But I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, give it a rest for like five minutes. (laughs) Half half of my notes are, Bob walks into the room, Gwen talks about Chicago. Yes. (laughs) I was like, "Ah." Patty walks into the room, Chicago is mentioned. Right. (laughs) And Bob finally loses it, which I mean, to be honest, I can't blame him because I probably would too after the hundredth time. And mm-hmm. he tells her he doesn't want to do it. And then Gwen loses it. And Anne is there and she goes off. And is basically telling Anne, look, this is the way things are with Bob. And he can be with anyone he wants to be. And these are his rules. And, you know, she really tells Anne some truths about Bob. Right, right. She, she's no longer sugarcoating. She's no longer being civil she's just tearing bob down right right in front of bob and Anne. yes and then later we see bob with Anne, and he tells Anne, you know he he only wants to be with her and i think he truly felt that way at that moment (laughs) Uh, yeah exactly at that moment (laughs) that was the truth So then Bob walks into the room and Gwen and everybody, they're around the piano and Neil asks Gwen to sing the song Where Am I Going from Sweet Charity because it was Joan's favorite. And I think that really hits Bob really hard. I think, you know, at this point, he's kind of like, yeah, Joan's really gone. It's yeah, he he had the realization part of grief Mm -hmm. the acceptance part of grief was hitting him at that moment definitely yes so one of the things we learn earlier in the episode is that bob had been on lithium and when ann is having that conversation with patty she lets him know that bob has stopped taking it so patty and bobby at this point start talking about bobby's situation And the fact that he's off lithium and Bobby's just kind of like, I can't do anything when I'm on that stuff. So he didn't want to live his life that way. Yeah. If it dulls his senses, he didn't want it to, he didn't want it because he, that's his personality. He's too creative, too free spirited. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think he probably just generally didn't want to take directions from a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder, had he been around now, if they could have worked with his medicine so he wouldn't have felt so dull and lifeless. Maybe they could have done something more for him. Oh, yeah. There would have been a dosage check. There would have been, yeah, he, he would have had, in today's medical field, he would have had a psych evaluation. He would have had regular routine cardio checkups and, yeah, and talk therapy and all that stuff. Yes. So then we cut to, I guess it's the middle of the night, and Bobby is preparing to sleep on the couch because <laughs> I think Anne is still pretty upset with him. And Gwen comes downstairs and she finds him there. And they have this really intense conversation where she basically just calls him out on all his stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what we find out during that conversation is that she was the one that convinced the doctors to let him out of the hospital. That she told the doctors he was doing research for a project. I gasped at that line. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) I know. I mean, he needed to be there. I mean, the doctors wanted him there for a month and he was there. Now, it's interesting. They say in the show he was there for six days. In the research that I did, uh, what I found, and maybe it was incorrect, they said he was only there for three days. So... I'm not sure how long he was there, but definitely he wasn't there as long as he should have been. Right. Yeah. If the doctors are requesting a month's stay and you're out anywhere within the first week, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Yes. So also during this conversation, we find out why Gwen wants to do Chicago so badly because they own the rights to Chicago. She tells Bob that this will provide royalties for Nicole for possibly the rest of her life. Now, it's interesting because at the time she couldn't have known that. She didn't know how long Chicago would run or how many productions there would be. But now it's the longest running American musical. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She almost showed like how passionate she was about this. Like if we work together, Bob and Gwen back on Broadway, That's going to be gold. Like, people are going to come to see that. Yeah. And, you know, he still isn't convinced until she says to him, well, I'm going to do it with or without you. I'm going to call Hal, meaning Hal Prince, because he was on a hot streak and she thought he could do it justice. And that's when Bob's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, (laughs) because... So Lin-Manuel Miranda was doing live feeds during the commercial break. And he said that, yes, his wife does that, too. Whenever, like, oh, I need the garbage taken out. I guess I'll just call Hal. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it, Vanessa. I can do it. <laughs> so that, yeah. that, that just made me extra chuckle at that particular scene. <laughs> but they said some very harsh words to each other. Bob kind of mentions like, okay, well, we can hold it for a year or two. Mm -hmm. And Gwen calls him out and says, I don't think you'll be alive in two years. Right. He retorts with, well, you just won't be able to dance it in two years. Mm -hmm. So that was just like, you know, so much fire. Yeah. And she was very honest about it. She's like, I may not be able to dance it in two years, but I can dance it now. Yeah, yeah. She's like, that's why 
another reason why I want to do it now. Right. And then Gwen gets very emotional about Joan. And, you know, I mean, Joan was her best friend. And... And Bob comforts her, and one thing leads to another, and then they end up hooking up. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) In the living room of the Hampton house. Yes. (laughs) With with Ron in another room, with (laughs) Anne upstairs, and Neil and Patty, like, hanging out in the the den or something. Like, or in their own rooms, I don't know, but like all these people around. I know. And I was so sure that one of them, like Ron or Anne, were going to catch him, th- them both in the act, and that didn't happen. So, And the next morning, I was thinking, like when they show Ron cleaning up, again, the man's a Boy Scout. Like they party <laughs> late into the night. He comes downstairs in the morning, and he's cleaning. And yes. <laughs> oh, I got to get the table ready for breakfast. Let me help yeah. out the, the uh, maid. Like, right. And meanwhile, he doesn't know that his girlfriend just hooked up with her, I guess you call husband, because he's not really an ex. And I'm thinking at this point, Ron's going to be like, I know that you two hooked up last night, but he never says a word. You don't really know if he knows or not, or at least that was my impression. I don't know. Maybe he did know and he chose not to say anything. Yeah, they they don't explain that. So it could be he is just honestly clueless or he really, it doesn't bug him. You know, he just wants to be with Gwen. And if she needs to be with Bob also, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are married. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, he has to know that they're going to be connected. I mean, worst case scenario, they still have a daughter, which, again, we haven't seen in a while. Yes. (laughs) Poor Poor Nicole. Again, retitling the episode nicole needs help right yes please please someone get a like a, a social worker a, a think of relative. the children yes think of the children oh my gosh so then we cut to bob and actually he does mention nicole nicole had been looking for Anne, and they talk and he just tells her you know he just wants to make her happy and she doesn't seem convinced and she gets up to go to into the bathroom and we see him popping pills i yeah so i don't know if that was the prescription lithium right or you know he he had been taking secondal and dexedrine which and i don't know why it took me so long to ask um my husband is a pharmacist and i finally over the weekend said what are, what are these drugs? <laughs> what, do, what do they do? What? what do they do? And he explained that Secanol was a downer and Dexedrine was an upper. And he said it was actually really common for artists to take it because, you know, they're up partying at night. They want to stay up. They need to wind down. They, yeah. If, if they need to stay up, they take this. If they need to crash and get some sleep, they... Oh, crazy. Yes. I don't think what he was taking was a lithium because... And had already said he stopped taking it. So I'm guessing it was one of those two drugs or something okay. completely new. <laughs> right. Yeah. We. This could be the introduction of a whole nother level of his addiction and his uh, his needs. Yes. Now, this next scene, I have to say, was probably my favorite scene of the whole episode. It really shows Gwen and Anne sort of connecting. You know, I knew that both Gwen 
and of course we all know Anne Reinking worked on the revival of Chicago and I always thought it was very strange that the two of them had worked on it together and now I understand a little bit better how that worked because I thought oh the wife and the mistress that's kind of weird but they have this heart-to-heart talk and Gwen apologizes to Anne for going off the night before and she tells Anne a story about Hannah, the German translator, and how Bob would never let Hannah answer the phone when they were living together because he didn't want Nicole talking to her. And he always tried to shield Nicole from all the girls that he was involved with, except for Anne. And she mentions that that Bob trusts Anne with Nicole, which obviously means a lot. Right. That's kind of kind of Gwen giving Anne the hint, like, Bob really likes you. If you're around his family and this close circle, you're, yeah, you're one of the people that he trusts. Right. And then as they're having this conversation, Gwen is talking about how important the work is to Bob. And she says Bob needs to have someone in his life because if he doesn't, the work will kill him. Yeah. And then Anne replies like, wait, am I the one that's supposed to keep him alive? Like, how do I do that? Right. <laughs> and I and you get the feeling that she's not sure she wants to be that person to keep him alive. It's a big responsibility. So then Gwen tells Anne that, you know, in the end, it's worth it because of everything that you get from Bob and Anne asks her, do you mean Nicole? And she said, yes, Nicole. But then she mentions Charity and she mentions Roxy. So it's about the work. In the end, it's about the work. And it was really telling to me that, okay, yes, there is Nicole, but it didn't seem like Nicole was the biggest thing that she was concerned with. The work was the biggest thing that she was concerned with. Yes. That was like kind of put the nail in the coffin of... The, not I, I don't want to say two-faced, but definitely like the dual characteristics, the two sides of Gwen. Right. And then we cut to Bob and he's with everybody else. And actually, I think at this point, Gwen and Anne are in the room as well. And he announces to everyone that he's going to do Chicago. And they're like, how are you going to do Chicago if you're doing Lenny? And he says, I'm going to do it at the same time. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then they bring up like, Wait, isn't that going to kill you? <laughs> right. Like, isn't that exactly what put you in the hospital before? Right. <laughs> and you see Anne's face. She is not happy. Yeah, because this is just, this is going to be so much. The back and forth, mm-hmm. um, just time-wise, and then the stress on him and their relationship. Because this is a this is a new relationship. This isn't, you know, like, oh, we've been together for years. I trust you. This is like we hooked up a couple of months ago. Right. <laughs> so then we see the title card that says Southampton, 1973, 13 months before Bob Fosse's heart attack. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> they kind of know how to hit you, <laughs> you know? Those title cards are stunning. I love them. I know. Because it just, it does. It's just like, like a brick wall, like, whoop, this is going to happen. Get ready. 
It's so good. And I mentioned a few episodes back that the 92nd Street Y had done a video that they put on their Facebook page. And it's an interview with with Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Tommy Kale. And, and I apologize to the other two people on the creative team who I can't think of at the moment. But the, that is, the title cards are actually brought up during that interview. And it's really interesting how they decided to use those. It was something apparently that was in the original book. And they decided to make use of that device. And it works so well. That, so, yeah, it, yeah, it really does. Yeah. That, that one of the many kind of techniques that go from paper to film very well. Yes. And if you haven't watched that video, I suggest you watch it. It's if you're watching if you're watching this series, it's so interesting to hear a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And it's really interesting to see, you know, everybody's take on it, especially the actors. Right. Oh, my goodness. So um, that kind of I have another comment on the live tweet or live party that Lynn hosts. <laughs> um, and he during one of the commercial breaks, he often does a live video, but he commented and just tweeted out like, can't go live. We're Googling more research on the boyfriend on Ron. You know, that's interesting because I would love to know more about him. He seems like an underused, I mean, I can't say character, he was a real person, <laughs> but I feel like I need to know more about him. <laughs> I I agree, and I hope Lynn writes a little essay about Ron. Yes. Um, well, there's been a lot of articles out there. I mean, there was an article out about Bob's first wife and her career, and different articles about, you know, his friends. So I urge everyone to check that stuff out because I think you'll find it very interesting. Today there's a Vanity Fair about Gwen and Anne's relationship. Oh. I was just skimming the headlines. I didn't get a really good detail on it, but I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, it's on my list. I'm going to be reading that. Yeah. Another thing that we mentioned in an earlier episode is a video on YouTube that I just love. Many years ago, there was a TV show called Fame. <laughs> it was based on the movie Fame. And Gwen Verdon did a guest spot on Fame. And there's a clip of her and Debbie Allen dancing together. And it is fabulous with the exception of like a few seconds of 80s style dancing, which we just won't talk about. But yes. <laughs> other than that, it's so, so good. And Gwen is just like so graceful in it. And I urge everyone to watch it. And if you haven't been able to find it, we've posted it on our Facebook page. So check out It's a Theater Thing on Facebook and you'll find that video there. Yes, I, I have also seen it and it is amazing just to see the different styles and it's it's it is it's debbie allen and gwen kind of teasing each other uh gwen going oh you don't need to do all that you just scoop the ice cream and move your <laughs> hand like this and then debbie's like oh but you can spice it up and add a little tap like this and they're just like kind of having this battle and it's awesome it's so fun so i urge you guys to check it out 
as we find more material about Gwen Verdon or Bob Fosse, we'll be posting it on our Facebook page. You can also find us on Twitter at our handle at theater thing. So we hope you guys continue to join us next week is episode six. Only three more episodes left. Can't wait to see how this ends. It's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm traumatized for the finale already. I know. Cause we know how we know what's going to happen to Bob. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's going to be a rough one. Yes, it is. So thank you so much for joining us. And Aaron, thank you. Well, I thank you for having me. And as I said before, you can find us on Facebook on the It's a Theater Thing Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter by looking up our handle at Theater Thing. And you can find the podcast on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com, iTunes, and Spotify. If you'd like to communicate with us, feel free to email us at theaterthing at gmail.com. And we hope to see you next time. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.